What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. God is good. God is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. God is good. That is a statement that we should be thankful for. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. God continues to remain good. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you so much for what you are going to do today. We are so thankful for your word such an amazing word that you've put inside of my heart and we are thankful for it and lord i ask you today that you penetrate all of the hearts and the minds of the people i ask you to give strength to those that need strength i ask you to give peace to those that need peace i ask you right now in your name to put in and to give people what they are needing desperately which is just you That's all they need is just you. And so we're thankful for who you are in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Can someone give God a praise right there where you're at? Yeah. He is so good. I cannot wait to start this series. Uh, We start a new series today called This is Kingdom. And I'm telling you, it's a lot to unpack, a lot to talk about, but we're going to be talking about it uh, through the the weeks that are coming up. Um, We're going to be talking about it in the Bible Zoom studies that get really powerful. But today I want to introduce to you just a snippet because God took over worship and we're thankful for that. But I want to give you a snippet of what God wants to talk to you. And for you to share as well with everybody that you come encounter, what is the kingdom of heaven? Amen. If you go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to go to verse 13. We see a story here that's well known. And I want to make sure that you understand it as well. Verse 13. All right. The Bible says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? What a question. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or other say prophet but what about you jesus asked them who do you say i am simon peter responded i I feel like simon peter doesn't let no one speak he just just talks over everybody sounds like my daughter you are the messiah the son of the living god jesus replied bless are you simon 
son of Jonah, that's when I would have been a disciple. I would have said, how he got the blessing? He talked first. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. He changed his name. Doesn't God change your history? Doesn't God change your past? Doesn't God change where you come from? And this, on this rock, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not, I'm going to repeat that again, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Are you guys ready for my title this, this afternoon? This evening? Yeah? Okay, there we go. Yes, sir. Amen, somebody. All right. My title for tonight is Bind and Loose. Bind. This one is going to shake some stuff in the spirit world. Bind and loose. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Bind and loose. Bind and loose. There is so much to talk about this series of This is Kingdom. Um, I was just going about all the notes that I was just taking on just the series alone. Just the name Kingdom. Just how powerful the word Kingdom is and how many times it is used inside of the Bible. How many times does the Gospel talk about the word Kingdom? And it, it's very, very uh, intriguing for me to see how many times do we hear the word kingdom. Now, the word kingdom appears 162 times in the New Testament by itself. Somebody say, wow. 162 times the word kingdom appears. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Appears in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven appears 32 times only in the gospel of Matthew alone. Okay? The other uh, fellow people that wrote the gospels, such as Luke and John and Mark, they decided that they were not going to use the kingdom of heaven. They were going to use the kingdom of God to describe what they were describing. In retrospect, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is the same exact thing. When you hear the kingdom of heaven, you're talking about the kingdom of God. There is no difference. The heavens and the earth of are of God and God is the creator of the heavens. It is his kingdom. It is his domain. It is his territory. Amen. And so the, the, the gospel of Matthew says kingdom of heaven 32 times. And I found it funny how many times Matthew uses the word kingdom of heaven kingdom of heaven. I, I want to make sure that you understand today 
what is the kingdom of heaven? What is it? Because some of us are confused. Is it the kingdom of heaven that is about to come when Jesus comes back for his people? Is that the kingdom of heaven that you're speaking about, Matthew? Is it the kingdom of heaven that when all of the saints come marching in and all of that good stuff that we sung about and that we've written about and that we've read about, is that the kingdom of heaven? Or is the kingdom of heaven already here? What is the kingdom of heaven? What does the kingdom of heaven consist of? What does the kingdom of heaven affect and what doesn't it affect? But for you to know those answers, I got to first answer what the kingdom is not. The kingdom of heaven is not selfish. I lost a couple of people there already. The kingdom of heaven is not revengeful. The kingdom of heaven is not resentful. The kingdom of heaven does not only look at their own interest in a way where they're just trying to put their, their, their kingdom's name out there. The kingdom of heaven does not operate simply in simple terms. The kingdom of heaven does not operate the way we operate. The kingdom of heaven, I'm going to say that again. Does not operate the way we operate. The way we operate, it is a different type of way. If somebody does something to me, I'm going to do something to that person. If I see that I can take advantage of of an opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. I do not. The first thing that I want you to understand and comprehend. None of us operate. The way the kingdom of heaven operates. Just to kind of simplify it right there and then. Because I don't want you to think that you know what the kingdom of heaven is. I don't want you to understand or think that you operate amongst or in the kingdom mindset. Because if you did, you would be completely different. And you would be completely acting or completely acting differently than what you act right now. And I'm going to prove it to you through the scriptures. Jesus is constantly speaking about the kingdom of heaven. Now, in Matthew, I want to make sure that we understand there's a a, a guy named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist starts off his first time preaching in the desert. Okay? First chapter of the Gospels, Matthew, if you do not know the Bible, Matthew is the first synoptic gospel or book that you can actually see. And one of the first things that you see in Matthew is John preaching in the desert. The first thing John says in the desert is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near now i, I want to make sure that we understand because 400 years or so of silence has happened from the last prophet all the way to the new testament which is matthew nothing has been spoken about or the voice of god or any of that since 
the last prophet before Matthew. And all of a sudden, the first thing that this particular person says is repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. There is something important for you to understand about the kingdom of heaven. Why? Why is it so important? Because if it wasn't important, John would have said anything else except for what he said in the beginning. If I'm wanting to introduce myself, the first thing I'm going to say is my name. My name is Israel because that is my identity. My name is Israel. So when I refer to someone and I say my name is Israel, that means I am showing you my identity. Wait for it. John walks in the desert and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. There is something John is trying to establish. My name is John and I'm from the kingdom. Are, are we here? Okay. John doesn't say, my name is John. I'm, 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 I'm one of the, the, the prophets or the high priest's sons. Or, or I'm, I'm actually working in the temple. My family works in the temple. He completely detaches himself from what his family actually does. And he establishes the kingdom of heaven. Are we clear? He is the son of Zechariah. He is the son of a priest that actually goes in the temple and actually does things for the people of Israel. But he detaches himself and John is living in the desert, not in the temple. He is not doing any sacrifices except for eating honey and locusts. That's a sacrifice for me. I'm not eating no locusts. He is, he is in the desert. And he establishes, I, John, represent the kingdom. And what I want you to understand is before I speak to you about the kingdom, you must repent. Does that make sense? John is literally saying, before I can tell you about the kingdom, before I can let you know that the kingdom is finally here, before the kingdom actually gets here, you need to repent. That's some strong words after 400 years. Because here's the thing that you don't know. It's been 400 years of the same routine. 400 years of the same mindset. 400 years of the same good old soft music that they've been playing all their lives. It's generation after generation after generation going inside of the temple, doing the same sacrifice, coming and blessing the people, then going back once again, again, once a year, doing the same exact thing. And what they have is an established routine with no type of direction. How crazy is it that you establish a routine with no direction? You don't know where your future is going to take you. You have no idea where you're going to end. All you have is a routine. The same old good song that they used to play back in the good old days. That's the same routine 
these people have every single time. John is introduced in Matthew not for you to look at him and say, wow, John, John was eating honey and locusts? John decided to just dress kind of weird. John is is just an evil ogre that's inside of the desert saying everybody repent. No, 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 no. John came to disrupt some people's lives and routine on purpose. Because, here's the deal, the kingdom of heaven was near. And the kingdom of heaven could not operate in this mentality routine establishment this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to do it I'm going to constantly operate in this form it's been passed down for many years from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation and finally it gets to John and John goes I'm completely detached from what my father does my blood father and I am completely attached to the kingdom that's, that's some strong stuff. I want you to understand, this is not normal, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want you to understand that what John is doing is not normal. What would be normal if John actually stayed under Zechariah and learned all the priest traits that he had to learn. But that's not what John does. John says, my purpose is not what I'm actually doing right now. It's over here in the desert, disrupting and attached to the kingdom. How powerful is the kingdom that it will take away the routine from a person and put them in a different place? John, all the way over here, in the desert, talking about repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, Jesus strolls around after he gets baptized, and guess what his first preaching was? Want to guess? He's baptized, goes to the desert, uh, last 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, overcomes temptation. Okay, there was temptation in the desert. The temptation to become, to be God and and show everyone that he's God when the time wasn't the right time. And, And so the enemy wanted that for him. Jesus said, no, it's my time has not come. I will walk in obscurity until the moment comes. This is God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and earth. Walking in obscurity, walking in darkness while nobody is knowing who he is. He has a moment and a chance to prove himself and he does it. Why, you might ask, because the kingdom. 
The, the kingdom has a way of keeping you suppressed inside in a way where you're not going above or faster than the kingdom. See, see, Jesus had a moment in time where he could have said, yes, I'll show you. Turn that rock into bread. I, I got this. This is who I am. I am a miracle worker. I don't have to bow down to you. The cities are mine. I don't have to, you don't have to show me anything. They're all mine. But Jesus took the humble route and literally sacrificed his actual natural way of being for the kingdom. I want you to understand this because I don't want you to leave thinking that that the kingdom is just whatever you think it is because it is not that's what the pharisees and and the people of the law thought they thought they understood what the kingdom meant and they did not what they thought the kingdom meant was the way they wanted the kingdom jesus puts his natural way of being which is a miracle worker, he puts it to the side in the desert for the kingdom. <laughs> Look how powerful the kingdom is. So now, Jesus comes out of the desert and he's fresh. He's ready to preach. He's ready to preach. And the first thing he does, he doesn't say, hey, my name is Jesus. What miracle do you need? Because I got you. He doesn't say, hey, I'm looking for 12 disciples. He doesn't say, I'm going to die on the cross. He doesn't say, I'm going to resurrect in three days. He doesn't say any of that. If you look at the scriptures, Jesus says, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is what? Here. Let's reverse it. Didn't we say, John is literally saying the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Jesus comes and I feel like somebody changed the story. Because John is saying repent, which means, by the way, if you don't know what repent means, it does not mean that I stand outside of the streets and I'm handing out tracts and I'm going, repent, you're going to go to hell. That's not what repent means. Repent means change your direction. Change your mindset. Turn where you're headed for and change because you're not going to be able to be witness to the kingdom. That's what John was saying. You got to change your direction so you can be able to benefit from the kingdom. And now Jesus comes... After being uh, baptized, after overcoming temptation, and Jesus says, hey guys, repent. Same thought process, change your mindset, change your direction, but he changed the verbiage. The verb, changing verbiage. Says, the kingdom of heaven is no longer near. It's here. John says it's near. Jesus says it's here. John says it's near. Jesus says it's here. 
And now Jesus introduces kingdom. If you're wanting to know who introduces kingdom to the people and to the group, his name is Jesus. He is the person that introduces you to the kingdom. He is the person that takes you to the kingdom. He is the owner of the kingdom. He actually lets you inside the kingdom. He is the one that closes the doors in the kingdom. He is the one that runs the kingdom. Jesus is kingdom. So he says, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here. Right now, you're staring at the kingdom of heaven. Those are bold statements. I want you to understand. It is a bold statement from Jesus to say, repent, y'all. I want you to think differently. Remind. I want to remind you. I want to remind you. These people have the same mindset for over 400 years. Do you know how hard it is to change someone's mind that is stuck in a routinely basis? It is crazy, extremely hard to say to them, that person where you're heading is not the right way do you understand how hard that is because we look at the bible we look at the scriptures and we say oh yeah jesus is just saying repent the kingdom is here john says hey uh, repent the kingdom is near and, and so we look at it and we go yeah they're e- it's easy they're just saying whatever no 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 they're basically telling everyone around them you guys are wrong All of your routines, everything that you have already established is wrong. You're heading the wrong direction. That's not an easy task. To tell people that are stuck in their routines that know what they're doing. It's taken me this far, so why would I stop now? Because you're heading in the wrong direction. I want you to put this in your mind, in your memo, in your notes. I don't care where you put it, but remind yourself that wherever there is routine, there is, uh, uh, you're, you're going, there's going to be a stagnant place where you do not see the kingdom of God operate. I want you to understand this. Where you are at right now, You have to evaluate yourself in your mind, in your heart, in in what you are doing. Am I in the kingdom? Am I operating where God wants me to operate in kingdom? Because here's the thing. I got to go down for this one. Because this is going to be a heavy word for everybody that's watching online and everybody that's here. I want you to understand this, and I feel freely in the spirit to say so. I want you to understand that the people that are listening to these words are people that are listening to the law. They are holding on to the law. They are worshiping. They are sacrificing. They are praying. They they are inside of the temples. Uh, he's not telling People that are not believers to repent. Oh my 
God. He's not telling people that do not know about the law of Moses to repent. He's not saying, hey, I've been seeing you lately. You haven't been coming to church. Repent. He's not saying that to those types of people. He's calling out leaders. He's calling out people that think they know they have it all figured out. Repent. What you mean? Me. Me repent? Yep. Change your mindset. What you talking about? I've been like this for many years. I've been doing this and this and this and this. I I understand, but that's not how God wants it done. Do you know how difficult that is to have a conversation to for people to comprehend what is God trying to say? Do you not think that people said, okay, you're crazy. You, you're crazy. I, I know you're crazy. You want me to leave what has sustained me for 400 years? You want me to leave what I know that has been passed down by my generation and generation and generation. That's what you want me to leave? To change my mindset? For this kingdom? I, I want to make it uh, even a, a bigger highlight. Their kingdom was actually suppressed by the Roman Empire. They did not have a kingdom. And so when Jesus and John comes, they are waiting and expecting Jesus or the Messiah to change their perspective and their lifestyle. You guys are going to get it in a minute. Jesus is coming to change their mindset about what they have been doing this whole time. And While he's doing that, they are thinking in their minds, we are waiting for our condition to change. They're waiting, Carmen, they're waiting for their condition to change because their condition in their routine, they are feeling themselves and saying, we need our condition to change, meaning we need this Roman Empire to get off our backs. So if that's not the kingdom you're talking about, we don't want to hear about it. Be careful what your expectations can lead to what Actually, God is wanting for your life. They were wanting the Roman empires off their back. That was their need. They were saying, please send a Messiah to establish a kingdom in Israel and take away the Roman empire off our backs. Jesus is coming and saying, the kingdom is already here. The reason why you don't see it, it's because not because of the Roman empire. It's because of you, the routines that you have set up for yourself that do not allow you to actually see the kingdom. Kingdom. 
They're thinking, this is the kingdom. Roman Empire, gone. We can establish. We got some couple of people. This is what we're going to establish. This is what we're going to do. Man, I feel God as I'm talking. I feel God breaking chains right now as I'm speaking. Because what I want is not what God wants. And what God wants is sometimes not what I want. And God will literally destroy my expectations to introduce the kingdom. They are wanting the empire of Rome to collapse so they can bid their kingdom. And God is saying, that's not going to happen. But while you're thinking that the kingdom of heaven is already here, you just got to let go of your routines and your thought process so you can actually see it. This is, this is very, this is a very, very, this word has cost me. It's cost me. This word that I'm giving you today has cost me. Because the enemy does not want you to know what true kingdom is all about. You are constantly looking at the Roman Empire. The only reason why I don't see the kingdom is because the Roman Empire. That's the only reason. We just need a Messiah. The Messiah is already here. Telling you that he is here to save you. But not from the Roman Empire. From yourself. This word has cost me. And it's costing other people. Because what is not wanting to be spoken about is the true kingdom. You know how I know the enemy tries to lie to people? Because he will make you focus on the Roman Empire. Because that is your, uh, that is what you look as a problem instead of an opportunity. You know who else looked at it as an opportunity instead of a problem? Paul did. Paul said, I just want to go to Rome. I want to chit chat with a couple of people. I want to talk to them about the kingdom in Rome. While other people are wanting Rome to get off their backs, Paul is embracing Rome. It's not Rome. It's you. It's not Rome. It's you. It's your habits. It's your decision. It's you thinking that you got it covered. It's your routine. It's your comfort. It's you, not Rome. That's why John and Jesus said, repent, not to Rome, to the Jewish community, to the people that were reading the laws every single day and they were in the temples every single day and they were worshiping every single day and they thought they had it all covered because they were they were doing what they thought they felt they needed to do and God and John came and said repent the kingdom of heaven is here and you're gonna miss it not because of Rome because of you because of you 
how heavy and how strong is the kingdom of heaven. How heavy and how strong is the kingdom of heaven. How great and how big is the kingdom of heaven. And so, here, here, here to just culminate just this, this beginning talk with you about this is kingdom. Just, just to, just, I, I want to just culminate it really quickly. We'll go back to the, to the Matthew chapter 16. There's a story where Jesus is walking with his disciples and he takes them outside of the religious leaders. He takes them outside of Jewish town country. He takes them into the Gentile property and he starts speaking about something and he asks them a question. He asks them, what do people say that I am? Who do they think that I am? Jesus is not asking this because he lacks identity. Jesus is not asking this because he doesn't know who he is. He is asking this because he wants a clear definition and revelation for his disciples. This word is for everybody in this house and watching online right now. From the musicians all the way down. God started shaking my spirit and said they're missing out on kingdom because of them. Not because of what they thought. Not because of the Roman Empire. Do you know how hard it is for you to self-reflect in the mirror and say, God, I've been worshiping. I've been doing your stuff. I've been doing all these things for 400 years. I've been in the temple. I've been praying. I've been sacrificing. And now you're telling me to repent. Yes, I am. Because you don't know what kingdom is. And your routines and everything that you have going on for yourself keeps taking everything away from you. God help me. Jesus says, who do you think I am? Who, who, do, you, who do people say that I am? And they started saying, uh, some people say that. Some people say that you're the John the Baptist. That you're saying the same thing as John the Baptist. No, I'm not John the Baptist. I'm the one that created John the Baptist. Who, who else? People say that you're Elijah, like a, a person that, that does miracles. I, I'm not the person that does miracles. I'm the person where miracles come from. I, I, who else do the people think that I am? Jeremiah, the prophet. No, you're wrong. I'm the one that gave Jeremiah to be able to prophesy. And you know what I see this as? Brett, you know what I see this as? When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you think I am? Jesus is asking us today, what is culture saying to you that kingdom is? Listen, listen. Who, who and what is telling you and defining you the kingdom? Who? 
Who is defining the kingdom for you? Is it, is it, is it Netflix? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Who's defining the kingdom for you? Who's telling you that these things are okay? And the disciples, they knew what others people thought. Isn't it funny that we always know what other people are doing except for us? Ada, I need you to pray for me throughout this whole entire series. God put you in my heart. And today, as I was sitting there, I felt and I said, God, please let Ada be here today. Because what I need from you is the covering of the Holy Spirit. Because what God is going to do through this series, he's going to awaken a lot of people's hearts. And they're going to have to make a decision whether they repent or stay in their, in their nonsense. Whether they repent or stay in their routines. What God wants for his people is kingdom. And if you're not going to be a part of the kingdom, then guess what? You're going to stay all by yourself because the kingdom brings transformation. And it brings freedom. I need you, Ada, that when you are in your knees, that you are praying for me fervently because I feel the attack of the enemy. I feel it in my heart and in my soul. I feel like the enemy does not want this word to go out. And I'm telling you, something is going to change here. Something is going to shift here because we are entering and operating in kingdom. And guess what? The enemy and his demons and everything that has nothing to do with the kingdom is going to have to tremble and it has to go. And I'm telling you right now, I don't know what he thinks he's doing with marriages. I don't think, I don't know what he thinks he's doing with family. I don't know what he thinks he's doing with friends. But he has no authority over the kingdom. He says, who are people saying that I am? Can't you see that they have distorted the truth? Can't you see they've distorted the truth? They think that I am just governed inside of four walls. Can't you see it? Can't you see that they have distorted? They have made the bad things good and the good things bad. Can't you see it? They said, some of them think that you're Jeremiah and Elijah. How can you belittle the Son of God like that? Culture tells us that God ain't real. Culture tells us that God ain't. He's not it. 
to keep on doing what you want to do. And today I come against every evil thought, demonic working right now. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus replied, okay, I know who they think that I am, but you, my children, you, my children, you, my children that follow me, you, my children that honor me, that put me first, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? What do you think the kingdom is? Is the kingdom alive in your marriage? Is the kingdom alive in your life? Is the kingdom alive in everything that you do? Is the kingdom alive in everything that you put your mind to? Is the kingdom there with you? Who do you think I am? And Peter responded, not because he thought he knew, but because he was revealed through the Father. He said, you are no prophet. You are not Elijah. You are the Messiah. You're the one that brings the kingdom. That's who you are. And you know, Jesus said, Bless, bless are you, Peter. You are the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Do you know that God is looking for people to build his church on? But they don't know what the kingdom is. Because they're still attached to their routines. And Jesus says, on this, I will build my church. And he tells Peter... I give you the keys. If you got the keys, it's because you're the owner. He says, Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And this is one of my favorite parts. And the gates of Haiti will not prevail. I don't care how loud they are. I don't care how much they scream. I don't care about your financial issues. I don't care if you think you're having a crisis in your marriage. I don't care if you think that you're suffering and you're dying. The gates of hell will not prevail on the kingdom. If you are part of the kingdom, then you already have a king that fights for you and I will give you the keys Brina you know why you have the keys to your house it's because you pay a price Jesus paid that price and he's given us the keys to his kingdom. 
that means we're able to open up the kingdom to other people. This is my point. He says, whatever you bind here on earth will also be binded up in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will also be loosened in heaven I want you to understand the terminology that Jesus is using here is a very very cultural appropriate term he is saying whatever you bind meaning whatever you prohibit and whatever you loosen is whatever you allow that's what they meant that's what those words meant in Jewish culture and he knew that the Pharisees and the people of the law were binding things and prohibiting things that God was allowing and whatever they were allowing God was prohibiting and today God is saying I want you to get your facts straight you've been prohibiting things that I want you to allow and you've been allowing things that I want you to prohibit. Whatever you prohibit here on earth will also be prohibited in heaven. And whatever you allow here on earth will also be allowed in heaven. But you need to know that whatever you allow has to be in the same page as the kingdom. And whatever you prohibit has to be aligned to the kingdom. I feel today that we need to let loose the Spirit of God. We cannot prohibit the Spirit of God. We cannot prohibit what He wants to do in our life. And we need to stop prohibiting what He actually wants to do. Let go of your ego, let go of your pride. Let go of what you think is right and read read we you know what what's the problem you know what's the problem we always have something to say but we are slow readers we don't read his word we got we got conversations that we can enter we we got things that we can say out of our mouths but we don't read we don't read his word and then and then when his word reads us we have a problem with it no 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 read 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 what's the kingdom about Stop guessing. What God is going to do in this place. He is going to transform the heart. Listen carefully. I want you to understand this. The enemy is trying whatever he can to put you against the true kingdom because it goes against 
what you've been doing your whole entire life. But the time is coming where you're going to have to repent. And you're going to have to say, this ain't it. This ain't it. This right here that I thought God was doing is not what God is actually doing. The, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. When you operate in true kingdom, your family is completely transformed. When you operate in kingdom, there is freedom. And what religion does, it captivates and puts you in prison. And it does not allow you to operate in kingdom. This is only the beginning. Because what God is showing me through the scriptures of kingdom. It's not what we thought it was. It's not that he has our back and, and, and we got a place, a cool heavenly place. No, 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 no. Kingdom is much more than what you thought it was. And often it's completely opposite of what you operate in. But thank God for his heavenly grace that allows us to understand what true kingdom is about. This, this, his word, is kingdom. My question to you is, what are you binding that you're supposed to let loose? And what are you letting loose that you're supposed to bind? Are we binding and prohibiting the wrong things? And are we letting go the things that we should be prohibiting? The kingdom will let you know. The kingdom will let you know. Stand with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for the honor to be a part of the kingdom. Thank you so much for who you are in our lives. Allow people to understand what true kingdom is all about. Establish your throne. Establish your throne with the people. And give them the confidence to come to your throne. To let them know that you are with them. But they need to change their direction in order to be able to clearly see what you have for them. I come against everything that the enemy has planned. And I declare victory over the marriages in this house. I declare victory over the kids in this house. I declare victory over the musicians. I declare victory over the people. I declare victory over the worship. 
I declare victory over this house and over the community, over this place, over this land. We call upon you and we declare you King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let your throne shake the atmosphere and let the spirit realm understand that they cannot come against that they can try they can plan but they will not overcome we declare that you are Lord over this place we declare that you are Lord over this place we lift our hands up to you right now and as we sing this for one last time we declare you the Lord and King of Kings If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.